You're listening to A Strange Arrangement. Hello, welcome back to the show where we rearrange the song Old Lang Syne a million different ways. I don't have a guest this week, so I'd like to talk about rhythm again, but specifically how you can use rhythm to trick your listener into thinking that they're hearing one thing instead of another. A couple weeks ago, as I was bouncing around different ideas for this episode, I was listening to one of my favorite bands when I was younger, Porcupine Tree. They're a prog rock group from England. As I was sitting and listening and reminiscing, the song Sentimental came on, which begins with this soft piano that swells back and forth, like waves passing you by. And maybe you start tapping your foot or bobbing your head gently with each press of the keys, letting the dynamic volume carry you up and down, and you fall into a groove. You start feeling a beat. That beat immediately gets interrupted when the drums kick in. Listen. And you realize that where you thought the beat was landing wasn't right at all, that you were following a different rhythm altogether. The time signature, the way we count the beats is totally different. It's a neat little magic trick. But how does it work? To figure it out, we're going to need something scary. We will need math. Okay, so first, here's our pulse. These are the main beats. Now we're going to subdivide the space between each main beat into four parts, meaning we fit four notes within each main beat. You might know these as 16th notes. Sounds like this. Okay, now that we have all these smaller notes, we are going to play something on every three notes, like this. Okay, great. Now, take the other notes away, and boom, you have the piano part. Now, if you put the little notes back, you can hear what the drums are aligned with against the piano. It's a cool little bit of rhythmic trickery. And not only is this device neat to use, but the band actually made it sound really nice. So this week, I wanted to emulate that somehow, starting with a groove that feels one way, only for another instrument to come in and make it feel entirely different. I decided I'd use piano and drums as well, and I already have a melody that I want to use, so now I just need to decide how it's going to sound and how I'm going to mislead you. So let's get to work. Here on a strange arrangement. I thankfully didn't have to spend too much time deciding. After my last rhythm episode, I put out a poll asking folks what time signature I should explore the next time I did something like this. The winner? 7-8 time, with a landslide victory. If you're unfamiliar, 7-8 time basically means you can divide each measure into groups of 7. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Like that. So I knew I wanted to end up in 7-8 time. Now I just had to figure out how to start making it 
not sound like that, and then later making it sound like that. And to do that, I needed more math. No! Actually, now I do need you to finish it. Yep. Yes. Thank you. All right, so to excessively simplify it, we are going to split each measure in half, and we will have one note of old Lang Syne play on each half of the measure, like this. If you put the seven underneath it, it'll sound like this. But you take that away, it just sounds like the melody notes are the important beats, just chugging along at a steady pace. So I'll start the arrangement with that for a while, until the hi-hat on the drum set comes in, highlighting those smaller beats. Now we are fully in 7-8 time. While I wanted to make an interesting drum part, it was also important to accentuate when the piano hits. Otherwise, everything would just sound like it was mashed together. So, oftentimes you'll hear a snare drum, or a bass drum, or a loud crash right with the piano. The chords, for the most part, stay in the key of G, with a few exceptions. I did want some more extended harmonies here and there, using some seventh chords, borrowed chords, and different bass notes here and there. But given how complicated things were getting already, I still wanted it to sound groovy, so I didn't go especially crazy with the chords. And I should point out, this is complicated. To play this live would be pretty difficult. Doable, certainly, but not without lots of practice and great communication between two musicians who both have a masterful command of rhythm. In fact, while I was researching for this episode, I was looking up live performances of Sentimental, the song at the beginning, and I was dismayed to find that they use a pre-recorded drum part for the beginning of the song. So that drum intro that changes the feel, it's just a machine playing back a recording. I'm sure there's a multitude of reasons that they chose to do this, but if they did it live, it would have been a real sight to see. But anyway, back to Old Lang Syne. So we play in seven for a while, and then I had the drums drop out dramatically to take us back to that original feeling in the beginning. Then, for a little more of a dramatic ending, I decided to draw out the last few notes of the song. And we're done. So, here's the whole arrangement. Thanks for listening to the show. This is our 10th episode. And to all of you who are listening and downloading on a weekly basis, it means a lot. I appreciate it. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, leave a review, visit our website, asamusicpodcast.com. A Strange Arrangement was produced by me, Rob McCarthy, 
I edit and mix the show, and I recorded our theme music. Our artwork was done by Daniel Joel Newman. You can find more of his work at danieljoelnewman.com. Special thanks to Elizabeth Stahl for edits and the show's intro. Next week, we do something completely different. So find out next time on A Strange Arrangement.